0: progressive casualty insurance company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law
1: good morning it's tuesday june 8th and you're listening to the college football daily my name is trey scott when we started to hear a few weeks ago that former clemson star darion kendrick was going to perhaps wind up at georgia my mind instantly went to week one when the two rivals will meet in Charlotte to open the season. Top five bash with massive playoff implications. Kendrick surprised many by returning to school for his senior year in January, but a month later, Clemson dismissed him from the football team. Then he entered the transfer portal. Then he was arrested in March for gun and drug charges. And then last week, he ends up in Kirby Smart's lap, one of two high-profile transfers the dog struck with in a 17-minute window boosting them from a pack of many hopeful, legitimate title contenders to perhaps preseason number one. So today's episode is totally about Kendrick with interviews from Anna Hickey of Clemson 24-7 and Jake Rowe of Dogs 24-7. Why did the talented cornerback, a former five-star recruit, come back to Clemson to begin with? He could have gone to the NFL, would have been drafted in the first few rounds. And then what led to his dismissal a month later? And how is he perceived now among the Clemson community, locker room, coaches fans considering he's teaming up with a rival and then for Georgia well what sort of due diligence did they do on Kendrick following his arrest how does he factor into week one's Georgia game plan versus the phenomenal Clemson wide receiver core and overall what's led smart and the Bulldogs to becoming a monster in the transfer portal just like they are on the recruiting trail Georgia has three of our top 20 transfers in the 2021 offseason committed to play for them this fall But before we begin, yeah, these two playoff hopefuls and any other team harboring title aspirations, they're probably disheartened to see the news Monday that Alabama was extending Nick Saban's contract by three years through the end of the 2028 season, in which Saban would be 77 years old and still very likely holding a vice grip on the rest of the college football universe. It's probably not a popular thing for me to say on a podcast episode with heavy Clemson and Georgia listenership, but... Oh, well. All right, let's hear from Anna Hickey on how Darian Kendrick went from all ACC fan favorite to week one foe. All right, Anna, obviously I'm I'm doing this episode kind of to set up a Clemson versus Georgia Darian Kendrick grudge match, but I think there are two important parts to this Darian Kendrick story that we're forgetting. So he wanted to get the degree, and then I also think the draft stock, we thought he was going to be headed into his junior season. He had played some pretty good, Pretty good football as a sophomore. We thought he might be a first-round pick. He missed a few games as a junior. Thought he was in Dabo's doghouse a few times. And then Chris Alave kind of... Well, not kind of. Chris Alave burned some pretty good in the Sugar Bowl.
2: Yeah, and I think that was fresh on a lot of people's minds. And That wasn't totally DK's fault. Part of it was some safety issues. But um, I think there's no denying between that and then the fact that he did miss multiple games and those games that he missed were for... Disciplinary reasons, Uh, Dabo liked to stay inside of the doghouse. He would refer to it as the love shack. And he always spoke super fondly of DK. And he'll still tell you he's one of his favorite players that he's coached because he's so competitive. He loves to practice. He just loves the game. I mean, y- y'all probably remember that he played receiver as a freshman, and that's what he was recruited to Clemson as. And then they kind of needed some bodies on the other side of the ball, went to him because he's such an athlete, and said, you know, you're going to be working out at corner today. And he was just like, okay, you know, just play me where you need to play me. And in that regard, he's just super easygoing, good teammate, good listener. When he's on the field, he's on the field. It's just when he's away from the field, that's kind of where some of the issues popped up for Clemson at least.
1: Yeah, so he was dismissed in late February. A few weeks later, he was arrested on gun and drug charges in nearby Rock Hill. He told the the podcast on campus with JB and Skiggy. Didn't really get into too many details, Anna, on why he was dismissed, but he he said it's like family is going to come before anything. My son had some problems going on, so I was with him. I wasn't really at school. It was during springtime, so I had a lot going on then. What do you remember about the maybe breadcrumbs of... You know, could he be off the team, et cetera, et cetera, leading up to the the news that Darren Kendrick was, in fact, dismissed from Clemson?
2: I don't think it was, like, if you go back to the incident that made him get dismissed, I don't think it was something huge from my understanding. It was just that it was the last straw. And Dabo had given DK so many chances, little things behind the scenes that maybe necessarily didn't come out. And I think it was just one of those situations where the staff had had enough and it was, he had run out of chances. And then I think it was just a little, it was kind of coincidental that so soon after that was when the gun chargers and the um, the drug kind of that incident came out. That was not necessarily related, but I think part of it's just, and he'll, he'll tell you this too. And his mom would tell you this too, that there's some, there's a lot going on in, in Rock Hill. And I think that the more he was back there, the more he found himself getting kind of wrapped up in that. And so maybe that's a good thing in terms of getting him out of South Carolina, the state of South Carolina, and maybe just a little bit farther from home. Um, Athens maybe gives him that opportunity to kind of not be as close to home. And that was part of why I think he went to Clemson instead of, Cal. you know, out of state or out of high school was because he wanted to stay close to home. That was a school that recruited him the hardest. And Clemson didn't really, even though he was a five-star, Clemson really didn't have to win a recruiting battle there. It was either South Carolina or Clemson at that point with the way Clemson was on the rise. I mean, it was really no contest. But, you know, hopefully the change of scenery fresh start. He knows he's got, he knows he's screwed up enough times to wear, you know, the spotlights on him. So hopefully, cause he's such a great kid. Like I've, he's always one of my favorite interviews. He's got a great mom. Like, you know, I really hope the best for him.
1: I was surprised after the charges that I did not think he'd play college football at a big time program this fall. I remember like yeah. right when he transferred, there was buzz, Georgia, Ohio state, maybe Texas. And I thought that kind of was those hopes were gone after the arrest. And and so I was, I was surprised. I, w- I wonder maybe if, if Dabo Sweeney's like Dabo doesn't strike me in as the kind of coach who would like regret kicking someone off the team. Right. You know, he, it, he was down to, you said the last straw, this obviously though presents, and this is my final question. This is presents a, a quite the juicy storyline for week <laughs> one. Tell me how you think. This is going to go down, assuming Darren Kendrick's in the starting lineup for Georgia. Uh, you know He's played against these Clemson receivers a lot in practice. It'll also be the return of Justin Ross. I would imagine off the field, the Clemson players are they're cool with Darren Kendrick. They were cool with Tavian Feaster and cool with Kelly Bryant. I thought that was cool when they went to his, his spring game at Mizzou, but this is going to be a pretty competitive battle on the outside.
2: Oh yeah. And DK is like one of Clemson's notorious biggest trash talkers like if you just see him on the sideline or after a play I mean he's always talking and not in like a a vicious way like I said earlier he's just a competitor and he loves it like he just likes to mix it up a little bit and so no doubt there'll be some of that going on like you said Ross is back so that'll be a little interesting because those two haven't gone at it Uh, I think Ross actually tweeted something when the news kind of broke that DK was going to Georgia Like. So, yeah, like you said, they're all on good terms. You know, I'm sure that a bunch of those guys fought to keep him with the team. In fact, I kind of know a few of those guys did, especially some of the older ones, and because they know kind of what he means to that defense. But, you know, in the end, it was Sweeney's decision. But, yeah, I think it'll be interesting from like uh, just a familiarity aspect, like Joseph and Gata, Frank Gladson, E.J. Williams, like those guys just going up against their old teammates like they would and good on good on in practice. But except for now, it's like, the biggest college football game of the weekend and has major, potentially major postseason implications.
1: Yeah, I was reading your, your Clemson twenty four seven board, and the fans are kind of you know down on on him. Yeah, of course. I'll yeah, yeah, like. Well-
2: you know, after the fact, it's like, okay, well, he got burned this game, this game, this game, or he's not focused that which okay, there's some truth to that. like he's I wouldn't say he's like this unbeatable corner by any means. Maybe the way Georgia fans might be hyping him up to be. there's probably a middle ground, but yeah, like that's definitely like an interesting storyline. like just the way that both fan bases are kind of portraying him in their minds leading up to this game,
1: yeah. And to that ends, if you're a Clemson fan, you're probably uh, you know looking out for a little gamesmanship here, do you? You test him on the first drive. You get the fastest receiver. Just you know, just bomb it to him um, with DJ Uyangalale and, and see if DK holds up better than he did against Chris Olave. It's going to be really interesting. I think we're getting ahead of this storyline now because I, I guarantee you it will be a massive pre-week one thing to write about and talk about. Anna Hickey, thank you for joining us. Yeah, thanks, Joe. Thanks to Anna for her time. We're going to take a quick break and then hear from Jake Rowe of Dogs 24-7 on the Diligence Georgia had to do on Darian Kendrick, how he makes them immediately better, and why Kirby Smart has in recent years elected to go with a transfer-heavy philosophy. The College Football Daily will be right back. Okay, right now, as promised, the excellent Jake Rowe of Dogs 24-7. Jake, appreciate you joining us. This is an episode about Darian Kendrick, but yeah, I feel like we'll we'll start you off with something about the entire transfer package of Eric Gilbert and Tykey Smith on the heels of, of last year, getting you know, two quarterbacks and a tight end and a few other guys. Did Kirby Smart ever make a signal to the world that he was going to start doing to the transfer portal, what he does to the recruiting trail and getting whoever he wants, or was this just something that just kind of happened a few years ago?
0: I think this is just something that just kind of happened. And I think the one thing, and listen, I get the criticisms of Kirby smart. I do. I get the criticisms of Hey, George has been really talented and they haven't won big. And you know, some people want to make the argument that Georgia has kind of trended down since making the national championship game in 2017. And, and you can't argue with that. I mean, it's, it had, there has been a little bit of a downward trend there, uh, But I think when you look at his ability to address the roster, he's really good at it. And, you know, the the JT Daniels, you know, Jamie Newman opted out. JT Daniels was injured. And and that took some time to come to fruition, you know, basically, you know, five, six games into the season before it really showed up. But ultimately, I think they do a really good job. And Kirby does a really good job of managing the roster, of filling those 85 scholarships and of meeting needs when he feels like he has them. And uh, I think he treats the transfer portal the same way he does recruiting is I think he tries to outwork everybody. I think he tries to outsell everybody. And he did a really good job of it this year because, you know, you look at that NFL draft, and Georgia has three defensive backs taken, two in the top 33 picks. Georgia goes out and gets, you know, three guys or two guys, I'm sorry, that can play cornerback, another that can address that star nickel position. And and they actually had four guys drafted, if you count Mark Webb and, and another, you know, to the transfer portal there and Tyreek Stevenson. So they had a need at cornerback first and foremost, star nickel second and and they basically met those needs. They got a a cornerback in Darian Kendrick. They got a a star nickel in ty- uh, Tyke Smith and then they got who I feel is a little bit of a catch-all guy in Brandon Turnage from Alabama. Not a ton of uh, in-game experience but a couple years in a very similar system and a very good athlete. So I think it's just, you know, it just goes to show that Kirby Smart is really focused on the roster and, you know, we'll see if the if the on-field stuff and the bounces and all of that stuff can kind of go George's way you know, sooner rather than later. When Darren Kendrick was
1: arrested in in March,
0: I kind of figured he
1: was not going to be playing power five or, or big boy college football. This fall, you know i I know there were you know Ohio State rumors and some Texas linkage too, and I know Georgia was the hot name when he entered the portal, and that all kind of quieted down. I assume Jake that Georgia taking him means that they've done the due diligence that this is not something they're overly concerned about and something that they believe will be cleared up by week one against Clemson.
0: I'm left to assume that as well, and, and this is why. You know Kirby Smart. There's a new era at Georgia in terms of of some of the in-house stuff and the in-house punishments for for things that were very harsh punishments under Mark Richt. Okay, but at the end of the day, Georgia's president Jerry Moorhead, the the athletics board, the the vibe around the Georgia program has not changed all that much in that. They're very discerning. They're, there's there's a very strict I mean listen, there were years ago when you know, if you want to go back in, in recruiting to guys like Michael Grant um, uh, who you know went, ended up going to Arkansas. there was an issue that happened with him when he was in middle school and that kept Georgia from allowing him to get into school. the Jamar Cheney uh, you know was another situation. I think that was a little bit more on the academic end. He ended up in Mississippi State. Georgia's administration in that regard has not changed. now do I, you know, has Kirby Smart kind of loosened things up where he can loosen them up? Absolutely. But this is one of those, uh, you know, this thing with Darian Kendrick is one of those things that I think went very much to the top. And there were a lot of people that had to kind of sign off on this thing. There were a lot of people that kind of had to look at the information available and, and make the call. And I, I don't think this was a, Hey, we just really need them. So you need to go ahead and be okay with it. I, I think that you know, you're talking about, you know, separation of power here. You're talking about separation of decision-making here. And and uh, I think this is something that that Georgia has to feel really good about and has to have gotten some sort of comfort level that this is not as major as it was made to seem in the beginning. And, and, and listen, and there, there are a lot more major things to deal with, but you know, when you're talking about firearms and things like that, I think you definitely have to be careful. And I had the same thought that you did. And, and, you know, as I, as the information started to trickle, it, it became a little less surprising. I think that Georgia, you know, took this, you know, took this, uh, uh, you know, approach with Darian Kendrick and, you know, there wasn't a whole lot of fanfare in it either. Uh,
1: what are your expectations for him? As soon as week one, which is, I think, this fascinating storyline, him going against his old teammates who, according to Ariana Hickey, still really like him. So, do do you think George is replacing everybody in the secondary? Is he he's good enough? I think to to stave off those talented freshmen and, and the redshirt freshman Keely Ringo, right?
0: Right, yeah. George is not chopped liver in terms of talent in the secondary, but they are when it comes to experience. I mean, only Amir Speed has actually played any meaningful snaps. And I mean like when the game is still in the balance and that was in the, in the, uh, in the peach bowl last year when he was kind of forced into action with Eric Stokes out and out and, and all of that stuff. So I think he's gonna start. I mean, I would I would bet really good money that he's gonna start. He's got a lot of big game experience. And I know that there's that stat out there that you look at the two Ohio State games in the playoff and, and LSU that he struggled against those teams. I mean, geez, man. I mean, Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson and Chris Olave, and I mean, you're gonna you're gonna get beat in those games. You're gonna you're gonna lose some battles. There's some really good players. Um, but but I do think that he's gonna he's gonna start for Georgia. I think he's gonna play a lot. I think he's gonna be one of those cornerbacks that's out there for every defensive snap and, um, you know, we'll see kind of how he adapts. You know, sometimes, you know, these guys, I, I don't know why everything happened the way it did at Clemson. Um, Anna would know, know more about that, but sometimes you kind of get a new environment. You're in a contract year. Basically, w- for him, Is he decided to come back to try and improve his draft stock and um, he's going to have a chance to play a lot of snaps at Georgia and, and, and maybe a chance to play in some big games. And I think that's where Georgia really benefited was they went out and got a guy that had not only played a ton of snaps, but he had played a ton of high pressure, high leverage snaps at a high level. And and uh, you know, I, I think that's gonna get him on the field right away. And the battle now becomes uh who's gonna start at that other position, other other cornerback position. Because Georgia set at safety and they they've got a star and slash nickel, but they they're still now looking for another cornerback opposite darian Kendrick. Yeah,
1: I was laughing with
0: Anna about how when Darian announced he was coming back to school, it was a very exciting
1: piece of news for Clemson fans. Well, they're returning every everyone. And then, um, uh, the, you know, the news that he's going to Georgia, it's, it's okay. Well, he's going to get Chris Olave again. And, and maybe I'm playing both sides of the, of the, of the fence here. And it's kind of fun to do that with, with two different guests. My last question to you, Jake, in that 17 minute span on Tuesday, when they, when they landed Darian Kendrick and Eric Gilbert, as first reported by Rusty Manzel your colleague, I think mentally I was like, all right, I'm going from thinking Georgia might lose to Bama in the SEC title game, but like still make the playoff, maybe win a game there, you know, maybe preseason top four, number three or something like that. Like I'm going Georgia, number one, I'm doing it, Jake. I, this is, this is the year. And I want to ask you if everyone has that mentality and all the preseason magazines, if it's not too late for them to update and then, and all the, the, the betting odds and all that stuff, if it comes out with Georgia, number one, how stressful is that going to be for a fan base that really, really desperately wants to see this happen and is kind of getting annoyed the last few years that it hasn't quite materialized yet?
0: Well, uh, you know, there's there's two sides of this. If if I if I get a chance, there's my observation. There's my own thought, right? And the the observation is that, yeah, man, everybody is just pouring all in on this thing and, you know, adding Eric Gilbert and adding Darian Kendrick and adding Ty Key Smith with the pieces Georgia had coming back, you know, it's winter bust. It's, it's, you know, title time. I understand that I really do and and I understand you know when you add some really good players and and you make it i already already talented roster even more talented I think you know that there are definitely some people who are going to go all in on this thing and and really you know amp Georgia up going into the season but from my personal perspective not much changes because it's all going to hinge on how much better does Georgia get as the year goes on because Georgia right now you don't see a whole lot of holes you know at, yeah you need to find a starting cornerback and yeah you need to get things a little bit sorted out on the offensive of line, but you'll have three or five starters coming back, but you're an underperformance away from, or two from some guys you're relying on to having holes. You're an injury or two from having holes. And it's all wait and see for me because, you know, I'm not, I I think that George is going to eventually win and win big under Kirby Smart. I think he's just, he's too relentless. And I think he's learned a lot in his first five or six years. uh, And and he's going to continue learning that it's tough to win championships in your first head coaching job. Not a lot of guys do it. Some do, but most of the great ones didn't do it like that. And I I just think that he's going to learn and they're going to win big, but I also have to see it. You know, I was around in 2017, man, when when before the national championship game, Georgia fans and even some media members were like, man, Georgia's playing with house money. This is just the start of something. This is, you know, uh, man, and fans were wanting to talk about dynasty. And I was just like, guys, slow down. am like, slow down. Just win one try and take a little bit of a team approach to this thing because it's it's one at a time here and uh, next thing you know you've got kind of a three-year what feels like a drought although there's been a lot of success and I, my expectations haven't changed a lot but I know that 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 you know the heat I mean sorry the pressure is going to be heaped on Georgia the the talk of pressure is going to be heaped on Georgia you know I saw a thing a while ago where Kirby Smart may have more pressure on him and going into the season than any head coach out there I saw names like Clay Helton and Justin Fuente and and others it, listen I I think all the coaches I saw on that list, and there were five of them, I think all four of them would be fired before Kirby Smart. I don't think he's on any sort of hot seat or anything like that. I just think it's one of those things where the expectations are really high. Everybody expects Georgia to make a playoff run, to win a title, to break a drought. And um, that's just the way that is. But I I mean, I don't think his seat's hot or anything like that. And I'm I'm certainly not changing a whole lot about how I felt about this team. I was pretty, pretty bullish on them going into these announcements. And and I still am. I I think that it's all going to depend on how much better they get as the year goes along and how healthy they can be. Jake Rowe, we
1: appreciate it. You got it, bud. Thanks to Jake Rowe for joining us on the college football daily. Also appreciate Anna Hickey. Of course, our producers, Lance Glenn, and my name is Trey Scott. We are over the moon that you continue to listen to us every single day of the week. If you love what we're doing, drop us a review. We're trying to cover every single school this off season. And we will every single power five school and mini group of five programs. And we will, you can check out that, that playlist on Spotify at across the country with the college football daily. And if we haven't covered your school yet, toggle back from Spotify to Apple and give us a, a pitch. So for instance, like we haven't talked about West Virginia yet. I would love to know what West Virginia fans out there think is the most interesting thing about their program and what I should ask about it. So anyway, we'll have a busy week here on the college football daily. Got a few coach interviews coming, or at least one that I know of, and we're working on a few other episodes for you. Have a great Tuesday. We'll talk to you Wednesday.